Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Through that time, as you can imagine, we've watched fad diets and fitness crazes come and go. But when the fads have failed and the crazes died out and people just want something that works, they turn to Precision Nutrition for things like expert coaching, guided mentorship, and online support. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will help make the whole nutrition, fitness, and health process work for you. Ideally, you'll discover that eating, moving, and living well can be easy and enjoyable for now and into the future. So let's get started. Good day. This is Bryce from Precision Nutrition, and today I'm reading the article, Surprising Supplements, Five Effective Nutrients You've Never Heard Of, by Brian St. Pierre. Tens of thousands of supplements flood the market today. Sadly, many of them do little more than lighten your wallet and a few can be downright bad for you. Others, such as fish oil, vitamin D, creatine, probiotics, green powders, and the humble multivitamin, can improve our health, athletic performance, and body composition. And then there's another group of supplements that offer equally important and research-supported benefits, while remaining largely unknown and little used. Eager to learn more about these, I spent a few hours over at examine.com, an expertly curated site that compiles and analyzes the latest research about hundreds of supplements and foods, along with other questions related to nutrition and health. The database alone refers to more than 20,000 articles. Editors painstakingly sift and sort the information to make it easier to understand. The result is a highly valuable resource to anyone who cares about nutrition and health. Though I consider myself pretty knowledgeable, I came away from perusing the site with new insights about some amazing, but lesser-known, supplements that I simply had to share. Beginning with surprising supplement number one, curcumin. Curcumin is the yellow pigment in turmeric and curry spice, and it's been studied for decades because of its many potential health benefits. So let's talk about its anti-inflammatory benefits. Now, because curcumin reduces inflammation, especially if taken long-term, it also decreases pain, particularly post-operative and arthritic pain. In fact, long-term curcumin supplementation decreases symptoms of osteoarthritis by more than half. When elderly and middle-aged patients with osteoarthritis took curcumin, it drastically improved their comfort and performance, allowing them to lead more active lives. Curcumin also helps with general day-to-day pain and the relief provided by 400 to 500 milligrams of curcumin seems comparable to taking 2,000 milligrams of acetaminophen, or Tylenol. Curcumin can help reduce the pain associated with other diseases, such as ulcerative colitis and nephritis, limiting the inflammation and improving organ function. And perhaps because of its effects on inflammation, curcumin may also slow brain aging and cognitive decline. Now let's talk about its antioxidant benefits. Besides reducing inflammation, taking curcumin for longer periods decreases various markers of oxidation, such as C-reactive protein or lipid peroxidation. Now, oxidation is the name we give to the process that occurs when oxygen interacts with our body's cells and changes them. This process is completely natural, goes on continuously, and actually helps to keep us healthy. Free radicals, those cells that become damaged during oxidation, lack critical molecules. In trying to repair themselves, they sometimes go on a rampage in our bodies, 
ultimately injuring more cells by corrupting their DNA. This can lead to disease. Our bodies, however, naturally contain antioxidant enzymes to help protect us, namely superoxide dismutase, SOD, glutathione, and catalase. These powerful enzymes are our main defense against runaway oxidation. Interestingly, not only is curcumin a strong anti-inflammatory and antioxidant by itself, it also significantly increases levels of these inherent bodily enzymes, further bolstering our defenses. And because of this, curcumin supplementation can protect DNA from damage, even when someone is exposed to dangerous compounds such as arsenic. All right, now let's talk about the anti-cancer benefits. Curcumin also seems to have anti-cancer benefits, and this is because it can start a process called autophagy. Autophagy is the selective destruction of damaged cellular tissue. Think of it as cellular housekeeping, cleaning up damaged debris and preventing damaged cells from accumulating. Autophagy helps to isolate damaged organelles, allow appropriate cell differentiation, and promote the death of cancer cells. In other words, it puts some of the bad guys in solitary, separates those who need to be separated, and kills off others. People whose diets are high in curcumin are less at risk for colorectal cancer, prostate cancer, and breast cancer. And if you're already suffering from cancer, curcumin might even make chemotherapy more effective and protect healthy cells from radiation therapy. Now, in terms of safety and dosing, the commonly recommended dose for general health purposes is around 500 milligrams of curcumin daily. Research suggests that doses of up to 8 to 12 grams per day are safe. The main reported side effect is some gastrointestinal discomfort. However, curcumin by itself is poorly absorbed, so to benefit from it, you'll need a supplement with enhanced bioavailability. Methods to improve bioavailability include added black pepper extract, piperine, mixing with phosphatidylcholine, or phytosomes, or taking a curcumin nanoparticle product. Check labels to ensure you're getting a product that will actually work. Curcumin is fat-soluble, so it should be taken with a meal or other fat source, such as fish oil. Now let's talk about surprising supplement number two, berberine. Berberine is a compound found in many plants, including Oregon grape, barberry, and golden seal, among others. Much like curcumin, berberine is yellow-colored, so strongly colored, in fact, that it was once used to dye wool, leather, and wood. Berberine's magic powers include anti-inflammatory effects, lipid-lowering effects, and most of all, incredibly powerful anti-diabetic effects. Many of these are due to berberine's activation of AMPK, a potent enzyme that is key to maintaining the energy balance in our cells and protecting their growth and function. Berberine also has some antifungal and antibiotic properties. But let's look at berberine's most potent benefits, beginning with blood sugar control. Berberine's anti-diabetic properties are well established. In fact, berberine is every bit as powerful as a pharmaceutical drug. Not many supplements can boast that kind of effectiveness. Taking 500 milligrams of berberine three times per day, or 1500 milligrams total, appears to improve glucose control and other markers of type 2 diabetes, just as well as taking 1500 milligrams of the diabetes drug metformin. Not only that, but when taken together, Metformin and berberine seem to work synergistically for even better glucose control. But diabetics are not the only people who could benefit from taking berberine. It might also protect against metabolic syndrome since it reduces blood glucose, body fat, triglycerides, and cholesterol. Berberine seems to work through multiple pathways. First, it improves muscle insulin sensitivity, 
and promotes blood glucose and fatty acid uptake into muscle cells. It also seems to prompt the liver to decrease glycolysis and downregulate the high level of free fatty acids in the blood that occur due to poor body composition, thus decreasing insulin resistance. A series of three trials, using around 1 gram of berberine daily for 1-3 to three months, in people with metabolic syndrome or type 2 diabetes, showed that their fasting blood glucose decreased by 17-26%, to 26%, and their HbA1c levels by 12-18%. to 18%. HbA1c is a measure of blood glucose control over time. These are remarkable improvements, easily comparable to those obtained by taking diabetes drugs. Now another benefit, berberine can also reduce blood lipids. This means it might protect against heart disease. A meta-analysis of berberine supplementation in diabetics found that on average it lowered triglycerides by 42 mg per deciliter and both total cholesterol and LDL cholesterol went down, an average of 22 mg per deciliter. Those are serious reductions. Not only that, but when it comes to reducing lipids, berberine seems to work differently than statins, currently the most commonly prescribed drug for this purpose. So theoretically, the two substances could work synergistically to lower blood lipids more efficiently and effectively than either alone. Now in terms of safety and dosing, most trials of berberine have adopted a dose of 1 to 2 grams per day, divided into 3 or 4 servings. Larger doses have been well tolerated, but not necessarily more beneficial. Other than mild gastrointestinal distress if large doses are taken at once, and the chance it might inhibit muscle growth, berberine appears to have few side effects. But there is a note of caution. The AMPK activation effects of berberine are incredible at improving blood glucose control and reducing blood lipids, but it does come at a mild cost. The increase in AMPK might actually inhibit muscle growth. This unwanted side effect might be somewhat or mostly offset by vigorous resistance training and anaerobic exercise, but so far research is lacking, so that is mostly an educated guess. Alright, now let's move on to surprising supplement number 3, spirulina. Spirulina is a blue-green mixture of algae species. It contains bioactive compounds that confer exceptional health benefits. In particular, spirulina seems to inhibit NADPH oxidase, a pro-oxidation compound, so it helps protect us against free radicals and the damage they can cause to healthy cells. Now granted, the data on many of spirulina's reputed benefits is limited and needs to be replicated before we can judge with absolute confidence but preliminary evidence is compelling. Let's talk about some of that, beginning with blood lipid protection. Several studies have shown that spirulina supplementation in both humans and animals lowers lipid peroxidation levels, a marker of damaged blood lipids, by around 15% on average. It has also been shown to lower triglycerides. A number of studies on people with metabolic syndrome or other diseases involving high triglycerides have shown that supplementing with spirulina can reduce triglyceride levels by about 10 to 15%. Now, in terms of effects that need more research, there's allergy control. One study showed that 2 grams of spirulina daily for 6 months was associated with significantly reduced symptoms of nasal allergies. Another effect was blood pressure reduction. A few studies have shown that 6 weeks of supplementation reduced blood pressure in people without hypertension by 11 points for systolic pressure, the top number, and 6 points for diastolic, the bottom number. And those are large changes. Another effect, power output increase. In a lone study, power output during exercise increased by 20-30% to 30 
where a placebo failed to produce any increase. The effect was stronger in untrained individuals and weaker in trained athletes. Another effect? Immune system upregulation. One study showed that natural killer cell content and activity both increased significantly when subjects took spirulina. This suggests that spirulina might offer strong anti-tumor benefits. Another effect? Liver enzyme and liver fat reduction. While based on case studies and rat data, this preliminary evidence seems to indicate that spirulina may improve liver health in those with liver damage. Alright, now let's talk about safety and dosing. Spirulina received a Class A safety rating by the United States Pharmacopoeia. Currently, there's no evidence to suggest any harm associated with its intake. It should be noted, however, that non-spirulina blue-green algae could contaminate spirulina supplements and potentially produce toxic metabolites. So if you choose to supplement, do look for a reliable source. Spirulina is generally taken at 1-3 to grams per day, often in divided doses. Okay, let's move on to surprising supplement number four, Rhodiola rosea. Rhodiola rosea may sound like the name of a character in a kid's book, but it's actually an adaptogenic herb that grows in cold climates, such as the Arctic and other mountainous regions of the world. An adaptogenic compound is one that can soften the negative effects of stress, even when the perceived stress remains. To learn more about stress, you can see the article Good Stress, Bad Stress, Finding Your Sweet Spot at precisionnutrition.com forward slash good dash stress dash bad dash stress. Rhodiola is an adaptogen that has a strong track record of decreasing fatigue and exhaustion in prolonged stressful situations, including situations like my own, living in the same house with an infant and a toddler. Now, the research on Rhodiola's ability to decrease fatigue and improve well-being is strong and has been repeatedly demonstrated. A meta-analysis of five studies found that compared to students taking a placebo, had less cognitive fatigue, better motor skills, and made fewer errors on tasks. They also stayed more focused, reacted more quickly, and felt generally happier. In fact, in one of those studies, the students taking rhodiola scored 8.4% higher on their exams than the placebo group. That's a pretty big advantage. Beyond the academic setting, rhodiola supplementation has also drastically reduced total fatigue and increased the capacity for mental work and overall sense of well-being in military cadets performing night duties. Finally, in a study on healthy physicians, rhodiola supplementation significantly decreased fatigue and improved performance on work-related tasks by about 20%. Now with this said, rhodiola seems to make us smarter by reducing fatigue, not for any independent reason. Where mental fatigue is not a problem, it's not clear if rhodiola does much to improve cognition. Having said that, the cognitive effects of reducing fatigue appear quite strong. Now, like spirulina, rhodiola appears to offer additional benefits, but more research remains in the preliminary stages, so we can't be certain. However, here are a few of its suspected advantages. Reducing depression. In the sole relevant study, supplementation with rhodiola decreased depressive symptoms by up to 50%. One study is not enough to go on, but the result is significant even so. It has also been shown to increase lifespan. Worm and fly research with rhodiola has shown increases in lifespan by 10 to 24 percent. And while this is intriguing, it is certainly not clear that this benefit would extend to humans. A lot of other life extension therapies that have worked in worms and flies have failed to carry over to humans. Now, in terms of safety and dosage, 
Human trials supplementing with rhodiola have not found any clinically relevant side effects. However, it could interact with some pharmaceutical drugs, so if you wish to supplement, be sure to discuss with your doctor first. Rhodiola rosea extract should be 3% rosavins and 1% salidroside. Normal dosage usually ranges from about 250 to 680 milligrams. In addition, rhodiola has a bell curve response, meaning once you exceed that 680 milligram threshold, the effectiveness of the supplement actually decreases, so there's no point in taking more. Alright, now let's wrap things up with our surprising supplement number 5. Drumroll please. Betaine. Betaines naturally occur in many plants to protect cells from dehydration. Sugar beets, quinoa, and spinach are three of the best food sources of betaine. Betaine is what's known as a methyl donor. The methylation cycle is a biological pathway that manages or contributes to almost every important function in the body, including detoxification, cell repair and transfer, energy production, and more. Now, in terms of benefits, a moderate amount of research suggests that giving resistance-trained subjects 2 to 5 grams of betaine per day may increase the number of reps they can complete, which in turn contributes to increased strength. While the improvements in the studies were relatively minor, even minor improvements can be significant in trained athletes who are looking for every edge they can get. Some research also indicates that betaine can lead to improvements in peak and average power output. Other research suggests that taking betaine can significantly increase bench throw power, isometric bench press force, vertical jump power, and overall peak power. But other studies fail to find this benefit at a similar or lower dose. There might also be improved endurance. The research on betaine and endurance is still in its infancy, but supplementing with betaine has allowed some subjects to maintain high-speed sprints for longer periods. Note, however, that betaine supplementation doesn't seem to improve performance in long-distance endurance sports, so it probably won't help you in a marathon. It's also been found that long-term betaine supplementation can improve body composition as well. Subjects who took 2.5 grams of betaine per day for 6 weeks while on a structured training program showed increased upper arm muscle mass. Meanwhile, they gained 2.4 pounds of lean body mass and lost 2.9 pounds of body fat, which improved body composition by over 3%. The placebo group showed almost no changes in those areas. Now this said, it was the first study to show such results. Other research in non-exercising individuals showed no improvements in body composition. There may also be effects on cardiovascular health. Betaine supplementation consistently reduces homocysteine levels. This is a good thing because high levels of homocysteine are linked to heart disease. At doses of 6 grams per day, betaine can actually increase levels of LDL cholesterol and triglycerides in healthy subjects, but doses of 4 grams per day had no effect on blood lipids, so the research here is inconclusive overall. Now in terms of safety and dosage, the generally recommended dose is 2.5 grams per day. Lower than that and you won't get any benefits, and too much higher than that, up to 6 grams per day, and you could run into trouble, for example, increased blood lipids. Apart from that, no serious side effects have been reported, but again, the research is still in its early stages. Okay, now I said there are five surprising supplements. Well, here's your surprising supplement bonus. Beetroot juice and nitrates. Nitrates occur naturally in many foods, with beets and spinach being two of the richest sources. This high nitrate content may help explain why beetroot juice shows some positive effects on human performance. 
So why do nitrates improve performance? Well, nitric oxide seems to reduce our oxygen needs during exercise. A decreased need for oxygen reduces our ATP turnover. And since ATP is the key energy source during exercise, we can perform longer, harder, and more efficiently. Research comparing beetroot juice with its naturally occurring nitrates versus beetroot juice with its nitrates removed found that the nitrate content of the juice is what leads to the positive benefits. Now, nitrates naturally occur in many foods, but approximately 80% of dietary nitrates come from vegetables. Another big source of nitrates in some diets is processed meat. Nitrates are added to processed meats as a preservative to prevent bacterial growth. These nitrates are then converted into nitrates by the body. When eaten in fruits and vegetables, nitrates seem to provide health benefits, especially to the heart. However, nitrates from processed meat are linked to increased risk of certain cancers, as well as heart disease and diabetes. Now, it's not clear that it's the nitrates in processed meats themselves that cause these negative effects, especially since nitrate-rich fruits and vegetables are linked with lower risks of these conditions. So for now, it's best to limit processed meat while enjoying plenty of vegetables. All right, now let's talk about improved performance. Several studies have shown that nitrate supplementation, mainly from beetroot juice, can improve endurance capacity and time trial performance. Time to exhaustion has been improved by 15%, and running velocity has improved by 5%. Eating beets can also improve muscle recovery between sets of resistance exercise, reducing exhaustion, and restoring oxygen recovery of muscle tissue. Finally, beetroot consumption has improved power output in trained cyclists, leading to improved speed and faster times in time trial tests. But note that these improvements may be more obvious in moderately trained people versus elite athletes. To learn more about how beets and beetroot juice can affect performance, see Precision Nutrition's Research Review, Can Beets Help You Run Faster? at precisionnutrition.com forward slash beets dash and dash beetroots. Okay, now let's talk about lower blood pressure. Over 16 high-quality, randomized, placebo-controlled trials, the strongest kind, have been conducted on beetroots, nitrates, and the effects on blood pressure. Overall, the data show that on average, beetroot juice consumption lowers systolic blood pressure, the top number, by 4.4 points, and diastolic, the bottom number, by 1.1 points. Okay, now what about safety and dosage? Well, almost all trials using beetroot juice have asked subjects to drink 500 milliliters for several days prior to testing. Smaller doses or shorter time frames, for example, one dose immediately prior to event, show less consistent benefits. Unless you're allergic, there's probably no risk to drinking 500 milliliters of beet juice per day. Now, with all of this said, what can you do? Surprised by the benefits associated with these lesser-known supplements? I was. And I'm glad that research is ongoing so that we can keep learning more. For now, despite their benefits, most of us probably don't need to take any of these supplements regularly. Sure, curcumin and spirulina may offer some long-term benefit, especially if you have specific health risks. However, the performance benefits of betaine and beetroot juice may only be relevant for competitive athletes. While berberine and rhodiola should be used in very specific situations, addressed earlier in the article, instead of indiscriminately. And remember, just because you can buy supplements over the counter doesn't mean they're always safe for you. So, before you consider adding these to your routine, be sure to discuss with your doctor and or pharmacist. This can help you prevent dangerous drug and supplement interactions.
This has been Bryce from Precision Nutrition reading today's article, Surprising Supplements, Five Effective Nutrients You've Never Heard Of by Brian St. Pierre. You can read the article online yourself at precisionnutrition.com forward slash surprising dash supplements. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. For more information about how to eat, move, and live better yourself, and for some awesome free nutrition and health resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.